We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. So, it's interesting, isn't it, when you just sing these different songs. And we can just sing songs and that's nice. But I think today God wants to bring us to a place that the songs we've just sung will be, oh, hello there, will be our living reality. And today we're going to hear from different people. Um, I'll kind of top and tail. But we're going to hear from different people. Now, the, the joy and the trauma of hearing from different people and what God's doing in their life is you can start to think, well, that's not the same for me. I don't get that. I don't feel that. I don't find God in that way. But actually, in recent times, we've ten- spent quite a lot of time with different people's stories because there's as many stories as there is people. And I think the thing we're trying to help, as we pursue this thing about catching sight of God, we want us to come into that place of like, what does God want to do in me? And we're incredibly good at the doing. We pursue God to do, to enable us to to achieve something, to make something happen, to live the way. But actually, Primarily, the thing God's saying to us just now is, I want you to know my love. I want you to pursue me just so that you know how much I love you. And from that, everything else will flow. And I think that's the bit I think we need to kind of, I'm using the word to camp out on, and people get really annoyed because it is a very annoying phrase. I was with my sister last week, she said, what are you, what's this camp out nonsense? So I, I won't do my jargon. But it feels like this is where we have to stay. It's catching a sight of God is not, oh, there he was. Oh, I missed him. It's that sense of knowing him in our lives on a daily basis. And just this morning, um, I just God reminded me of that when Jesus is about to go to the cross and he's talking to his disciples and he's promising them that they're not on their own. And I'm just going to read you just a little bit of John 14. And he says, he's talking to his disciples, he said, if you love me, this is in the message, show me by doing what I've told you to do. I will talk to the Father and he will provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the truth, the spirit of truth. And the godless world can't take him in because they don't have eyes to see him. Don't know what to look for, but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. I won't leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. And at that moment, you will know absolutely that I am in the Father and you're in me and I'm in you. And the person who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and make myself plain to him. And in another translation, it's, I will come and I will dwell in you. It's like, this is ridiculous. And if you don't know Jesus, you'll be saying, well, that's ridiculous. But today, we're just going to kind of explore together, and there's four different people speaking, about what it means when the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Because we've said, Jesus you're the one who's Lord of this earth. 
So we're talking about catching sight of God, and we're talking about the fact that when we know Jesus, we know the Holy Spirit because he lives in us, and that changes everything. And we've heard different stories in different ways. You remember Julia's story about she was struggling with pain. She wasn't in a good place. She asked for prayer, but the next day, God came to her and did something completely different to what she was asking him for. He came and met with her and changed some things, the way she was thinking and feeling about things. And when her husband comes home, he says, oh my goodness, what's happened to you? She's different. That's, that's God. She didn't say, okay, now I've got to be different. She just found herself different. Brody was talking last week about she kind of always known God, so it kind of felt like, well, I don't really have a story. I don't know really when I met with the Holy Spirit. But somebody reminded her, but what about the fruit? that's in? And she started to realize God was in her life and changing things. Moses talked about how he was looking for his worth, and if he'd had a good day at work, then he knew he was okay. If he had a bad day at work, God was very far away. And God reminded him that it's not about what we do, it's about who he is. And then surely, in retrospect, all that, when that really difficult thing with Gareth, she worked hard to do the right thing for her son, but God already had his back. And it was as she looked back and it, she thought, oh yeah, God, you're the one who's in charge. And these are all different ways of doing it, but I'm going to do this in this order, just so the people who are coming absolutely know. Elspeth, then Matt, then Daniel. See here, Daniel Jones. Daniel and Marissa. That's your order. Okay, let's start with Elspeth. So at the beginning of the summer, I was with a bunch of people and we were reflecting on just God's current word to us um, about refreshing in him and a, a new encounter with him and we were praying together and, um, you know, I was, I was joining in with that and we were seeking God for ourselves. And I was kind of listening to everybody else's prayers and thinking, wow, they're being really vulnerable. Um, that's really good. Lord, what does it look like for me? And I kind of didn't have a particular sense of, of anything. But then, God is so good. Because over the, over the course of the next few days... I'd reacted to a few things at home. It wasn't very good. And um, I suppose I recognise that I'm quite a quick processor on things. I can quite quickly respond to things, quickly change direction on things. But that's got its advantages and its disadvantages. And I was aware of that. And I think... What I saw was that God was starting to just put his finger on something really gently. And when I was talking to my husband, Phil, about it, I, said, I used this word lingering. And he said, why are you using that word lingering? And, um, and I think it's because there was just a sense of love in the way that God put his finger on that thing for me. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like he was saying, tut, tut, you've done it all wrong. It was just a sense of loving invitation of come to me, Elspeth, let me change you. And um, the process hasn't been quick, I'm still in it, but it has been really definite. Um, 
I've just felt God's given me more space somehow when I'm responding in a situation, more space to consider, um, and like a sense of restraint that isn't me, it, it definitely is him. Um, and there's been some surprising things, like if I'm leading something, I previously would have felt quite anxious, quite pressured. But there's just been a sense of being able to relax, leave space, and allow God to do his thing. It's not about me, it's all about him. Or in the workplace, just being able to see where other people are coming from and um, seek God for his word to navigate through different, different things. So it's like sometimes a fresh touch from the king in the past has looked like a, lots of laughter or tears. It's been a very instant thing. But other times, and this being one of them, it's been more of a sense of a process, of God leading me through a process. And I can really confidently say, just one touch from the king, that loving invitation and, and surrendering all to him again, really does change everything. Being a PA person, I always move the mics around. Okay, so I've forgotten the clicker, so I need to go back and get that. <laughs> okay, so I'll move Stephen's Bluetooth pedal out, otherwise, you get a nice drone in the background, which could be interesting, but, anyways. So, I wanted to talk to you today about wilderness, because often we think, well, wilderness, that's really bad. But actually, maybe it's not such a bad thing after all. Yep, there we go. So, it, wilderness, it's a, we can think of it, well, that's a place where God feels a long way away. That's where... I feel quite like, ugh, my plans aren't working out. I had these great plans, but it's all going a bit, mm. So you say, well, why did you take me here, God? What are you doing? Turn the page. So if you've only got 10 seconds and you can only concentrate for 10 seconds, the QR code there will give you all of the slides and all of the Bible verses. So you can click that if you want, or you can listen to me, or try and do both. And if you've got 30 seconds, if I can hold your attention for 30 seconds, there's three really important points here. We think wilderness is really bad, but God thinks differently. It's a place of preparation. It's a place of change. And it's a place where we're restoried. And we'll explain each of those in a little bit. So preparation, John the Baptist had about 20 years of preparation before his big Bible moment when Jesus comes and he baptizes him. And God was just stripping away everything that wasn't him. He was eating locusts and honey and wearing all sorts of stuff that you think, why would you wear that? 
So then moving on a little bit more, we get the Israelites. God tested them in the wilderness. He made them humble. He helped them to realize that they had to live from every word that God comes out of the mouth of God. That's in Deuteronomy. And then Jesus was baptized by John. And then the Holy Spirit, it says, took him straight to the wilderness. You think, well, what's happening there? This is the beginning of the, the Messiah coming to save the whole world. But that was a time of preparation and a real time when he was able to do, to use the word of God to demonstrate to the, and defeat the devil. Well, you'll have to click for me. Um, so, God uses the wilderness to change people's lives first, and then he uses them. So, what are the characteristics of being in the wilderness? So God teaches us to depend on him. So the Israelites, their only food there was provided by God. He provided the manna. And on a similar theme, John the Baptist ate locusts and honey when he was in the wilderness. And then again, Elijah was fed by ravens of bread and meat that God provided so God teaches us, when we're in those sort of places, God teaches us to depend on him and not ourselves. And then we need to rely on God's word. Uh, again, we said Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He, didn't, he could have just done a big miracle and just wiped the devil away and said, well, I've done, done with you. But in fact, what he chose to do was use the word of God and rely on that. And I think that's a really good message for us. That when we're in a tricky place, sometimes the best thing to do is to go back to the Bible and say, well, this is what the Bible says is true. Uh, and when Joseph was thrown into a big system, I said, like a huge well thing, he had to rely on God's word that said, you're going to do this amazing stuff. But at that moment, he was in the bottom of a well in the middle of a desert with brothers who hated him. So it's a past place of sacrifice as well. We can look at Abraham and Isaac. God took Abraham and Isaac out of the city into the wilderness and said, okay, this is the plan. You're going to sacrifice the most important thing, which is Isaac, who's ever happened to you. And when Abraham when Abraham got that concept and said, oh, okay, God, you're in charge, I'll do what you say, God changed the plan and then it all moves on from there. It's a place of passing on the anointing. So just quickly we see John to Jesus, Moses to Aaron, and Elijah to I Elisha. That all happened in the wilderness. And it's a place of repentance. Um, at the beginning of Mark, John says, repent and be baptised. So then just being restoried, it's a bit of a strange phrase, but it's quite a nice one really. So the wilderness is where 
God takes our book of life and writes his words in it, because we're really good at writing our book of life. We work out, like, this is what happens. This is how it goes. I'll get my A-levels, I'll go to university, I'll get my degree, I'll get, get this fantastic job, then I'll get married and I'll have children and a dog and a, everything else. And we can work it all through. But actually, it's God's plan. And when God has a perfect plan for us, and if we let him restory us, so change what we've written to say, actually, that's not in my plan. Let's change this around. It works different. So the wilderness is a place where God strips away the things which are outside of his plan. And then if you want to click the thing, I shall try clicking it forward. John, could you click me one? So if you wanted all the slides and the Bible verses that go with that, you can use the QR code, which will work for about a week. Thank you. I don't think I turned it. Did that turn it on? Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, it's on. Just have a think for a minute about wilderness. Now, wilderness can mean difficult times in our lives, but it also can mean that thing of, well, I just don't know where God is. Like, he seems very far away. And I just want you to remind you of what Jesus said to his disciples. I'm leaving you, but I'm going to leave you a helper. And he will live in you so that you will know me. So even in the wilderness, those times when we're far away, those times when life is just not great, we can choose to say, well, I don't know where God is and this is all rubbish. But actually, those stories say turn to him in the wilderness because he's there, he's with us in the wilderness. So just take a minute to think to yourself, just before Daniel comes, Elspeth's story was just every day. Just, she just needed a wee bit of recalibration. She'd kind of got into a rut. She was a bit reactionary, but she just, it was Elspeth. You know, this is just how I am. And God came and said, you know, you could be different to that. There's something God wants to, you know, something he could do in that. Because he lives in her, she was able to say, all right, I'm open to that. And then she just started to notice she was different. The wilderness. God can feel very far away. But God's never far away because of his son Jesus. So when we turn to him, when we say, you're in charge, God, the Holy Spirit lives in with us and he is right close to us. So just take a minute, just on your own, and you can talk to somebody you're with. And just have a think, is there everyday things for me that I'm losing sight of God in? Or am I in a really tricky situation and God feels very far away? Just... Take a minute, just have a wee think. You don't have to talk to anybody, you can, but you don't have to. Just have a think of any of those things make any sense to you. And the restoried thing is really interesting. You might think of a time in, when you've been in a wilderness and God has restoried you. I really like that word, it's really helpful. So just take a minute. don't want to talk a bunch of stuff today. The Holy Spirit is here.
because that's his promise. And he wants to show us how much God loves us. Not, not the taskmaster of God, not the schoolmaster or the whatever you might think, but God who loves us wants to come today and just kind of say, do you know, things could be different, better, I could be closer. And that's what he wants to do today. So remembering the everyday, remembering the wilderness, Daniel. So, um, so just a couple of things I wanted to quickly share with you. One of them is sort of a testimony of something that God's done in the last year. And the other one is sort of an indication of the journey that God's currently taking me on. So the first part is last year when we found ourselves thrown into the situation that we're sort of emerging from, I found myself feeling quite distant from God and it's funny actually following on from what Matt was just saying about wilderness I think felt like a wilderness time I think probably for a lot of us a lot of us can relate to that where what has been the norm what's been our general experience of life just in our general walk of life but in our walk of faith was just stripped away you know these gatherings that we have now that we're coming back into they were just stripped away weren't they and we were found in a position where you know it, it, I guess it sort of exposed in me something which was, and maybe something for us as a community, it's interesting, isn't it? We are so relational. We depend so much on each other. And God uses that and God honours that. When we connect in with each other, when we're vulnerable, when we expose ourselves to each other, that is a really powerful way that we can hear what God is saying. What, what is my friend saying to me? In honesty, in hearing what God's saying and, and giving that faithful message to me, even if it's something I don't want to hear, iron sharpening iron, that is, that is who we are as a community and that is how we've become who we are. But equally, when we found ourselves in a position where I couldn't relate, I, I couldn't get together with people, there was that physical separation. And I just found myself thinking, God, I'm not really, I don't really feel like I'm hearing from you. I'm not really accessing you in the channels that I've had previously. And it was funny, when I had, sometime last year I had a, a it was one of those rare occasions where, wow, I'm with people. And, and it felt weird. And I was just talking with someone and a faithful friend and I was just saying, I just feel a bit dry. And they challenged me and they said, are you doing the basics? Are you taking time to read your Bible? Are you taking time to spend time with God? And in my view, I was like, well, I haven't been with people so I haven't really been able to connect with God. And, and it just sort of exposed something and it was interesting. It took me on a journey and, and I realised that I'd sort of believed a lie at that moment that for me personally, I never felt like I could diligently and consistently read the Bible and, and that be a, a source of life for me. That it just somehow I came to a realization that that was a lie that I believed. But that was a powerful moment because when I realized that was a lie, I was like, well, that's stupid. I can pick up a book and read it. And there's nothing to stop me from doing that. And so that sort of very much, it was almost like a line in the sand. You know, that moment last year, it was about, about this time last year, actually. And... Um, myself well, let's give this a go 
God, I want to do this. I want to step into that. So I spent time with God on a pretty much a daily basis. And I found myself reading the word consistently and just that I never would have thought I could have done that. And, and, and equally, I was getting up earlier than I would, like people who know me, <laughs> particularly people who knew me when I was a teenager, like the concept of me getting up earlier than I needed to and spending time with God, like that was just like, I couldn't really believe that I was finding myself in that position, but that was something that God was doing. And in that moment, like God broke some real like deep stuff for me, like some habitual sin that had just been there for a long time, but that was just gone. Uh, and it's not returned. So I'm just really thankful. And I think it's interesting. Like now we're back together. Now we have that relational connection. I think God chooses one of a number of different ways to speak to us. And all of those are good. But are we, wait, how, how do we hear from God? And, you know, if we were to strip some of those things away, where would that leave us? So I think that's an interesting reflection. But kind of what, that's the first part. Second part, what is God doing in me now? More recently, I feel like God's been talking to me about hunger about hunger um, and God building a new hunger in me for him and I think I realized that I've you know where do I go to when I'm feeling a bit rubbish where do I go to what where do I seek comfort from and it could be a whole host of things and I think we all can relate to that what what do we do to find what's our downtime what do we put on, like we put something on TV I just want something that I don't have to think about that I just want to watch and just have some downtime from the busyness of life, or, or you know, or for me, it's like checking my sports app. Like if you talk to Abigail, like I'm always on my NFL app, like just like checking that. And none of those things are wrong, but like, what is like? I guess I just felt challenged. Like, God should be the person that I go to, right? And we all know that. But I guess it was just sort of indicating that that I'm not where I want to be. And God spoke to me about building a hunger. And I, th- I guess the thing about hunger that sort of stayed with me, and this is the sort of thing I'm chewing on, is. You know, a true hunger can't be ignored. If you're really hungry, then you can, you know, you can ignore it, right? But it, it's something that you have to confront at some point. It's got to be satisfied. It's not a nice to have, and it doesn't bow to convenience. Um, and I think for me, that's where I want God to lead me, is that there's always an excuse. There's always a reason why I can't push into God or I can't do the thing that I feel like he's given me to do. But if I was really hungry, the practicalities of life, the things that might be reasons why I can't spend time with him, if I'm hungry, I'm going to find a way. Hunger finds a way. And I think that's the thing that God is drawing me to at this time. Thank you, Daniel. And I think what I heard in that, what Daniel was saying again, was he turned to God. And then God met him. And it's really interesting, these different stories. There's so many different ways. God does not have a formula. He comes to us as individuals. But each of those stories, as, as we turn to him, he met us and changed things. That's the thing I keep hearing. Daniel did, didn't just go through a behavior modification program. God came and changed it. Elspeth, it was changed. And there's other stories I've heard. As we turn to God, he changes something. And then just we're just going to hear from Marissa as a final one, and then we'll just take a bit of time to think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> now, um, 
It's pretty similar to what everybody has been saying. I'm not going to get into details, but um, I had a part of my life with a situation that I really want for God to meet with me, and that even though I knew what I have to do, and I have the sense that I have to perform, and I have to do that, and it was the right thing to do. And my heart was doing it with love, but I felt it was something missing, and that missing was God telling me something. I really want to hear from him. And I hear another aspect of my life, but not that one, what in that moment was so important for me. <laughs> um, so I was really thinking about that for weeks. And I come to say to him, if he's not from me, take it away from me. I don't want to dwell on something that I don't know what to do with it. And um, last Sunday, I really felt he had to meet with me on that. So I came for prayer, which I know, you know, it's, we all do sometimes. And um, I just, I didn't explain anything to the people who was praying for me. But I said, I really need to meet with him in an aspect of my life. And that they just pray. And I went, and I didn't give another thought about that. But then the next day, he told to me very, very clearly about what he wanted for me to do. He changed my heart in the way I was seeing people, in the way I was seeing what I was doing. He really completely changed my heart. He lived that weight that I have all the time up from me, just it went, it gave me freedom. I felt freedom to do what I have to do without thinking about my performance, but thinking about, but just listening to him, what he want for me to do. And that was very liberating. Just, then, and I feel so different, and I'm just so happy to carry on doing what he is telling me to do but without the weight. So, yeah, thank you. So just before, just before Marissa goes, so this was something God had, you'd felt God had given you to do. Yes, yes. But it still felt a burden. Yes, that was. Because somehow you kind of thought, well, I have to make this happen now. Yes. And the bit God did was show you. It just, it's, it's not for me to carry. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, there is a verse in the Bible that we all know. It's uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that it says, one second, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's take my joke upon you mm-hmm. and lean on me. And it's as simple as that. And he made that um, tangible for me, mm-hmm. that I can do it. It's true. It's not only writing there. It's a, it's a truth. It's a promise. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I can really relate to that. I'm like, God might suggest I do something, and then I'm like, well, thanks, God, I'll take it from here. Mrs. Fix it, I'll sort it all. And God has to keep bringing me back to anything he gives us to do can be done in his strength and his way, and it just changes everything. It's like Marissa was saying, she just felt light, she just felt changed. So let's just take a minute, and we'll do breakout groups as well. I don't know who I'm talking to on Zoom, but we'll do some breakout groups in Zoom. Just take a minute with a couple of people around you and just talk to them about what you've heard 
through any or all of those stories, what is it communicating? What are these things communicating about the love of God? And what might it mean for you? So just, we're just going to take a few minutes. Chat. If you don't like the person on your left, talk to the person on your right. You can choose. Don't get all offended, the people on your left, if they don't talk to you. And Zoom people will be in groups. What I'd like to do is just hear from a couple of people, what, what did you hear? What would be helpful for everyone else to hear what you heard? And Andrew is my very helpful runner. He will come to you with a microphone. Or zoom back. Yes, as far as we know. Steve. Just a quickie, Steve. I'm going to keep you really short. Right. I'm, I'm not particularly a religious man, but what I hear here, here today, it lifts me. It lifts me. And it's not, it's not like all the other churches. You, you please yourself. Quickie. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Who else? What did you hear, Nick? I think you made the point, Avril, but just in all those four stories, it's not about... Everyone took a step in a different way, it looked different in each story, but then it's God that actually brings about the change, and that really relieves and excites me because God's not going to force me to do something, but I know that if, if I'm going to say to him, yeah, God, I want to meet with you, that he'll come and do something. It's not about what I have to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two more. Oh, wait. okay. Three more, maybe. And just how small those little moments were as well, mm. off the back of what Nick was saying there, just how significant, just those little thoughts, those little moments, those little choices, and God just kind of jumps in and just everything's restored, if you like, yeah. from that moment. Yeah. Uh, go to Gary. Sorry, Andrew. Might have to pass it along in COVID-friendly style. Uh, yeah, the wilderness side of things. It's taken me 16 years to get where I am here. In the fact that I'm actually leading a group uh, that we prophesy. Uh, I never had those words until God actually dropped them into me. A complete change of heart, a complete change of direction. Uh, and that I've been struggling all this time. But then he's turned around and said, no, you are enough. You are. You have a voice. And that's what he's given me. Thank you. And Andrew, if you could come to Lynn finally. I think the thing that struck me out of those four stories today, but also the other ones that we've heard previously, is the individuality of our relationship with God. And... The journey that you start when you come to know Jesus is that it goes on for the rest of your life. It's continuous, but it's a journey of change because whatever you think you know about God at any stage in your life, from the youngest to the oldest, you know nothing and you've always got more to learn. But the one thing that never changes is God's love. Yeah, thank you. So we're just... We're just going to conclude 
And in the light of what we've heard today, in the light of the fact that God wants to meet with us and show us his love and then equip us to be the people he intended us to be without all our traumas and fears and worries, he wants to come and show us what it means to know him. Let's enter into that question to God of, God, I want this. Can you come and meet with me? If you're not in a place, if you're in that wilderness place or what Gary described, or this is the time to say, God, I want to know what this means. I want to know what this looks like and, and it's changed. He takes us beyond feelings and reveals to us him. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.